0: I
1: don't hear anything. What about I me? don't hear any feedback. It's
0: picking up. Well, that's okay. All right, welcome to episode 1. This is our post NBA podcast. I'm Nathan Owens and today we've got a whole family edition. I'm here with both of my cousins who happen to be brothers. We're going to be breaking down the NBA finals, um looking at LeBron's fake humility, Wade's nude t-shirt and nickname, uh and other stuff. So I will introduce my partners in crime. We've got David Patusic who's here, um and also John. So welcome guys. Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be here. This will be fun. <laughs> Good, all right. <laughs> 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 finals ended last Thursday. um the heat won i the games were fun. I'm not a fan of the outcome. i just I hate Miami fans and dwayne Wade. Um, <laughs> that means you hate me then yeah, I just I can't stand the Miami fans who think they deserve it. They don't They show up late to games. They leave very early in finals games. They text while LeBron is shooting. Right in front of them, it's it's miserable watching a game at Miami. I I can't stand it. But I'm happy for LeBron, who now is has almost as many rings as Udonis Haslam, so he's close to that. Um, all right, what y'all think? Let's get the let's get the LeBron's false humility first. <laughs> it, his quote after the finals, where he said he didn't deserve to be here. That that really bugs me. Yeah.
1: He said he said he wasn't supposed to be there. If the most athletic six eight man in America isn't supposed to be in the NBA, who who is supposed to be there? He was not supposed
2: to make it out of Akron. I think is the context there. His single parent mom. He lived in something like thirty different places growing up. He wasn't supposed to make it out. I think that's the
0: the identification there.
2: You guys do jump all over LeBron all the time.
0: I mean, like maybe as a human being, you st- like the stats are against you to make the NBA. But once you grow to six eight, two thirty, like your odds go up a little bit. And like, you nickname yourself the King in high school. Then, <laughs> then who is supposed to be there? Like if LeBron's not, who is like Shane Battier? Is he supposed to be there? I don't know if you saw what Shane Battier did after the
1: game. Have you seen this? <laughs> no. Did he went to Denny's? He went to Denny's. <laughs> that's classy. That's what he did last year, too. Classic Get, Duke got the Grand Slam breakfast.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> awful. <laughs> so that means that Danny Green had a better post-game celebration than Shane Battier did. Yeah, Danny Green served LeBron. I think he brought in the food from Prime 112. That's why he was there. <laughs> Ginobili's the one who served them their ring on a silver platter. He was awful. He, uh, The Spurs, okay, so we'll just move on. We all agree that the Heat are terrible. Um, all right, Wade's T-shirt, because you're such a big LeBron fan, I want to know what you think, John, of Dwayne Wade wearing his what hashtag? Hashtag three for Wade t-shirt, and making reporters
1: call him three, or he wouldn't answer their questions post-game. I got.
2: I gotta be honest. I'm not.
1: I'm. I'm, I'm less and less of a
2: Dwayne Wade fan. Mm-hmm. The, game by game, as it goes on, the whole. You gotta trust your teammates. Pass me the ball. The disappearing act in games, and then comes back. He almost cost them game six. Uh, single-handedly when he came back in after LeBron closed the gap and then immediately jacked up three shots in a row, I think it was. Yeah. Fadeaway jumpers on the end. Um, I, I don't think Wade's handling taking a backseat to LeBron so well lately with the erosion of his skills. Uh, it's going to remain to see we'll see what happens with his knees. I don't know if he's just hurt or or if the real Dwayne Wade is, is what we've seen in the playoffs.
1: The The T-shirt and this three <laughs> – do you think that is more trying to remind the media that he's got the three rings, LeBron and Bosch are the ones with two, or is that a, a shot to try and keep LeBron in his place? He, he's trying to – it's
2: all about Dwayne Wade. It's a little bit of like Michael Jordan. just reminds me of something like Jordan would do. I've won three. LeBron's only won two. Even though the first championship was handed to him by the referees, I don't. Know yeah. If we want to go all the way back to 2006. But Shaq and the refs gave him gave him the first championship. I think Wade's dealing with some. The older I get, so my body does not perform like it <laughs> used to. <laughs> right. I can appreciate a little bit what Wade's going through there. It's a little bit of self denial. He's starting to grasp his body's not the same. He, he, he's holding on, and he's trying to remind everybody
0: how great he was was beforehand. 'Cause it's definitely LeBron's team now. When LeBron got there, it was very much Wade's team and LeBron took a back seat and we saw how that worked out. And now that LeBron's taken over, it's it's his team. He sets the tone, set the pace, he gives awesome, dog filled talks before the game. <laughs> and like I, I don't know, I just think Wade's Wade's not reacting well. It almost seems like he's overreacting to the fact that LeBron has completely taken over Miami. I, I think he needs to be careful in the
1: sense that he doesn't want to keep pushing LeBron and keep hammering home the point that he's got one more title. Well, LeBron might just get tired of it of saying, I'm going to quit dragging you to these titles. I'm going to go to another team, and I'm going to pass you, and I'm going to win more than you, rather than every time I win one, even if you're the third best player on the team, you're getting one, and you're staying ahead of me. I want to... Shut you up for good at some point. It'll be interesting to see what
2: happens. I saw a good article this week that compared LeBron and Wade's relationship to a marriage, <laughs> which is essentially they're going to bicker sometimes. Ultimately, they're best friends, that's where they want to be, but it's not all smooth sailing all the way through. I also want to bring up earlier in the year, Wade, I don't know if you've seen this, his wow when he tried to re nickname himself wow. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Way of Wade. <laughs>
1: It's I never knew what it stood for. Just that he tried to, to do it. Way of
2: Wade and LeBron kind of squashed that. Said it was corny. <laughs> what was also corny was LeBron's shirt. I don't know if you saw. Did you see the shirt he had on after the 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 tank top. The Tank, the, top. The tank top.
1: We can stop with the tank top. <laughs> well, all right. What was better? His tank top this year. Last year, after winning the championship, he went out with a shirt with his own head on it. Like the the whole front of the shirt was just his his own face.
2: That's a better shirt. If I was LeBron, I'd probably go out the with one <laughs> without a shirt.
0: But I yeah. mean, in defense of the tank top, which was awful. But just to play devil's advocate, if you had arms and shoulders like LeBron, like it's not a bad thing to you know want to show him off. My thing is, why does he have to have the fake gold chains? Wear a black tank top. Wear the real things. He's got the money for him. Oh, they're real. Right. Well, no, it was like fake on the, chains on the, on the shirt. On the oh, shirt. On the shirt. Yes.
1: Yeah, who was it, T-Pain that was sitting courtside with the massive chains? Like, just borrow some from from (laughs) T-Pain. Or Drake. Drake
0: was at the after party. Yeah. Okay, so are the Heat a dynasty right now?
2: They're on the the edge. I think you've got to be... When I think dynasty, I think it's got to be more than five years. And you're going to have to have multiple championships... You've got to have three three or four championships in that in that range. If they make the finals the next two years and win another one, then then I'd say they're right there.
0: So then making the finals is not enough. It's you actually have to win multiple finals. Yeah.
2: Or or go or do like what say the Braves did where they won the division for ten years in a row. They didn't win as many titles. You either gotta have a really, really long sustained period of excellence. And a couple of championships thrown in or a lot of championships
0: in a smaller period of time, like, say, five years. Okay, so then on the flip side, are the Spurs a dynasty, this team? I
1: don't think so. I think that's it's too spread out and that they didn't completely dominate the Western Conference that whole time. Yeah, too many too
2: many years. If they had been repeatedly to the finals – Yeah, four times in 15 years isn't bad, or five times in 15 years.
1: But they also got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs at least once.
2: You can't repeatedly lose in the
0: first and second
2: round and consider yourself a dynasty.
0: They got knocked out in the first round last year by Memphis. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't remember the other time, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, multiple championships, the best power forward. Obviously in a long time If not ever The thing that I I don't know I think they're close To a dynasty Just because it's been The same team For this long It's not like They've switched it up It's been Duncan, Parker, Ginobili Sustaining A level of Competitiveness To where they Were in the Conversation Every year For a championship
1: They've been the best Franchise over the last 15 years But to me A dynasty Just dominates And I don't feel like They've always dominated
0: I would agree with that. All right. We can move past the finals if that's okay with everybody. Mm -hmm. Celtics Clippers deal that went down, finalized today. Um, Doc Rivers getting a great deal. Is it three years, 21 million? Is that what I saw? Three years, 21 million. Actually, actually it's the same deal he had with the Celtics.
1: And he's now, what is it, team president?
0: He's now the vice president of team relations or something. I'll get the exact term in just a minute.
1: Oh, I missed that.
2: I, I think any move, I, I think that's a down. If you're going to work for Donald
1: Sterling, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's not a step up. That's got to be a step down.
1: I think it, it might be a step down for right now, but if Boston is going to rebuild, then you don't want to be a coach of a rebuilding team you can go to the Clippers if, in three years if he's tired of that, somebody else will hire him and he can go back to a better franchise
2: uh, what's gonna happen when Chris Paul leaves and he's left with Blake Griffin?
1: <laughs>
0: I that don't know that would if, be interesting well that, this is the whole thing that was the whole move was to to find a way to keep chris Paul um which I think he'll stay now obviously um so he's there, Blake Griffin's still there do they have? Now, did they ruin their chance to get Dwight Howard, or is that still on the table?
2: That's a good, that's a good question. To get Dwight Howard, they're probably going to have to trade Blake Griffin. They would. Would you trade Blake Griffin for Dwight Howard?
0: Absolutely. Griffin's one-dimensional. Yes. I, Howard's not great. He's not – I don't know. I just – I feel like the potential for Howard is still there. He's still 6'11". He's still one of the best defensive players in the league, and he's still put up decent – Numbers, he was still one of the top centers in the league last year in what's considered a down year for him. He was still better than most of the centers.
1: I don't know that I would do it at this point. If they would have completed the part with Garnett where you can trade for Garnett and then end up with a Garnett and Howard front line, that would make more sense. But if you're trading Blake Griffin so that your front line can be DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's two guys that basically do the same thing, Howard being better. But neither one of them has a great post game. I would rather go in with Griffin and Jordan
0: than Howard and Jordan. I mean, Griffin's a highlight film. That's all he is. He can dunk. He can't shoot. He does good commercials. He does really sort of commercials. I mean, Kia. (laughs)
2: <laughs> but they're good, but they're good commercials they're good K-R they are commercials. good commercials
0: I just i don't know i'm not I'm not a fan of griffin i don't know how much better he's going to get because I don't feel like he's gotten much better since he's been in the league. He's still just a nice dunk every game that's about all he's good for. He runs the floor better than any big man in the league, so that's a, a positive but other than that, I don't see too many positives to having Blake Griffin on your payroll. How about the arrogance of
2: of uh I want to call him Doc Gooden, but it's not Doc Gooden. Doc Rivers? Doc Rivers. <laughs> How about the arrogance of Doc Rivers saying, I'll give you a first-round pick. I don't need it. I'm that good of a coach. Wow. And I'll go to the Clippers. You can you can have a first-round pick. We don't need first-round picks here, even though the cap structures change and they're more valuable than they ever are.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. He's so, got to have some inside information, which I guess that leads me to believe Chris Paul's going to stay.
1: I think, well, if, if the reper- reports that I heard are true, then the talks were revived for the last time because Chris Paul wanted them revived. They were dead, and then supposedly Chris Paul went to the Clippers management and said, no, you need to do this.
2: Who apparently is a jerk, by the way. Yeah. If you've seen all that stuff Simmons has been writing. Yes. About what a jerk Chris Paul is to his teammates. He's, he's on the level of, basically Simmons says he's worse than Kobe.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing about the Blake Griffin for Dwight Howard trade is that I don't think Paul and Griffin get along. Griffin wants to run, and Paul wants to slow the ball down and, and run half-court
0: sets. Does Chris Paul have too much power? Yes, because right now I don't. Has he re- officially resigned with the Clippers yet? No, and that's
1: why he has so much
0: power. Is because they want to
1: guarantee that he will resign.
0: So they're essentially making deals, hoping that this free agent signs with them. Who has been telling them what deals to make? He, they got rid of Del Negro because of him. He denies it, but it's very obvious. And they got Doc Rivers to keep him. So you've got this guy who's not even on the payroll who's making huge decisions for you, which is why the Clippers I don't think will ever be a serious franchise. (laughs) I think because they do stuff like this. They let point guards who aren't on their payroll make coaching decisions.
2: That and Donald Sterling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know who their GM is. I have no idea. Last year they let Del Negro make the the GM decisions because they hadn't hired anybody. So... (laughs) That just shows the level of competency
0: in their front office. Who is better off right now after making this deal, the Clippers or the Celtics?
2: Well, I think it's a great deal for the Celtics. Clippers are better off short term, but you get rid of somebody that when you get rid of a coach that doesn't want to be there, and you get a first round pick, I'd take that every day.
1: Yeah, and you're going to save at least $5 million a year that you would have had to pay Doc Rivers as opposed to whatever assistant they name head coach. I would have done it every day of the week. Couldn't the Hawks have done that with Larry Drew? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Why, why did the Hawks not try to do that to send Larry Drew to Milwaukee, even for a second-round pick,
0: something? Anything, just get anything out of Larry Drew. Um, yeah, because Doc Rivers... Obviously, did not want to be with the Celtics anymore. He wasn't on board with the rebuilding phase. Um, so, for him, I think to get him out of town, having a coach that doesn't want to be there is as dangerous, if not more dangerous, than having a player who doesn't want to be there. Um, so, to pay Doc Rivers that much money, I never thought he was worth that money.
2: I don't think he's a great. I don't think he's a. He's a great coach if you've got a team of superstars.
1: A team of veterans.
0: For he veterans. Needs veterans. He can obviously handle personalities, um which is a big deal in the NBA. That could be I mean that could be a huge factor. I don't know. I'm not an NBA player. I'm not on the inside. He's getting paid money by multiple franchises that have paid money for him. So they see something. I don't see it. I think he's a little bit overrated. Um but he does have a championship. The Celtics were contenders every year he was there. He got the big 3 to play together. Um my thing that I would hold maybe against him a little bit is that Rajan Rondo was supposed to be this great player, and he hasn't developed at all. Have you,
2: have you heard the Rondo Checker story? No. Have you heard th- about this? No. So you know Rondo has that quiet, reserved personality, and they so they have these charity events every year with the Celtics people, and Rondo donates a lot of money, and they give all these toys to kids, but he's not comfortable like doing the meet and greet thing. So for years, they have set up this table off to the side. Uh, it's actually not checkers. It's Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> With Connect Four. And he plays three or four kids at a time in Connect Four. And he went something like two or three years without losing. Wow. Never lost. This 10-year-old kid finally beats him. in the room like it explodes because finally a 10-year-old kid beat Rondo. So what did Rondo do? He made the kid sit there and play five more times until he beat him five times in a row. (laughs) And then he bragged to a reporter about it, and he said, did you see what I did there? You see what happens if you beat me? If you beat me, I wanted to prove to that kid that if you beat me, then I will beat the crap out of you. 12-year-old kid.
0: Because that's what every kid wants to hear from one of his idols, is that if you beat me, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Um yeah i don't I've never been big on Rondo. I always thought that he was good with guys around him um but he's gonna have to carry the celtics uh I don't think he and Doc were ever necessarily on the same page um so to get him out of town was good. He
1: doesn't seem to always be going a hundred percent bill Simmons. Watches every Celtics game and says how it's, you know, if it's a national TV game, you can count on him to be great. But if it's just a regular Tuesday night game in Atlanta, then there's no telling what you're going to get because
0: he doesn't necessarily give it his all. That's the thing. He's got one of the greatest playoff games <laughs> in NBA history under his belt, which was, I want to say, like over 40 points. Was it a triple double? I think so. He did have a triple double
2: where he had 17 rebounds, I think it was. Yeah, he had so, a
0: huge game against the Heat last year. He's obviously incredibly talented, um, but just hasn't. He's never been the same. Best thing they could do is bring back Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> <He>
1: misses Kendrick <laughs> Perkins. They, they were really good friends.
2: Yeah, I think Pen, I think Perkins hugs him like it's his little teddy bear at night, and comforts Rondo. <laughs> Rondo snuggles up, and you bring Perkins back, you probably get national TV
0: Rondo. Every game. Uh, Perkins. The only thing Perkins is good for he is the best in the NBA at the post foul face. <laughs> he has the best grimace, scowl, whatever you want to call it. He never fouls anybody and anytime they call him for that foul, that is the best. A lot of NBA players have a really good grimace after a foul, but I think he's he's the number one. So if that's valuable to your team, then Kendrick Perkins fits. Right in. If you yeah. want to win games, I don't think Perkins has any place on any roster. Um, all right, so the long run, Celtics are better. I think we all agree.
1: I think it really helps if they're going to rebuild, this really helps speed up that process just a tiny bit and gets a coach away from there that didn't want to be there to rebuild.
0: So, yeah. Who do you think should coach the Celtics now? Have they hired anyone yet? They have not. Okay. So who would be a good fit to help rebuild, to start that process? Because I don't think in today's day and age they give coaches a lot, a lot of time to really rebuild. So you've got a coach who's probably going to be there for two or three years, start the rebuilding process, get it moving a little bit, and then they'll bring in somebody else. I, I think
1: they'll hire some assistant that they will give it more at least to understanding the coach will grow with the team. And as long as players are developing, the guy will stay without immediate expectations being upon them.
2: I'd look at Brian Shaw. Patrick Ewing wants to be a coach. I think Shaw –
0: did Shaw just get hired? I don't know. I did hear – I mean, Ewing has wanted to be a coach for a while. (laughs) (laughs) But I I just think it says something that he has been an assistant coach for this long and nobody has ever – given him a chance, promoted him.
2: Yeah, there's got to be a reason. Same thing with Kareem. Which reminds me of Spolstra. Spolstra wears his hat backwards.
1: Spolstra <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, oh, Brian Shaw was um, hired by the Nuggets today. So he's off the table. I don't know. I would definitely not hire somebody that's already been at an NBA job and failed other. I just don't get the retreat
0: hiring.
2: Mike Brown's available. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't know he was still alive. <laughs> oh, Jeff Bisadelic. <laughs> I mean, Van Gundy's still out there, I think. Cuz the Hawks were pursuing him for a little bit.
1: He's not coming back into coaching, I don't think. Well, which one are you talking about?
0: Either Van Gundy, I, I know the Hawks Raptors. I
1: would take yeah. either one, too. Stan might coach again. I don't
0: think Jeff's going to coach anymore. I think Jeff's very comfortable where he is. Stan, I think, would be a good addition. I didn't think he was yeah. a bad coach in Orlando, but Howard ran him out of town, essentially.
1: I'd
2: offer Popovich $20 million
1: <laughs> a year. I would. Yeah, I think that would be awesome to see. But I don't know, that because he's with the Spurs, I don't think there's anything you can do about that. They could just say no
0: and that'd be it. Would any college coach you think make a good fit?
1: Ooh.
2: I don't like the college, the NBA.
1: Mm-mm. It hasn't worked in the past. It's only worked with a couple of coaches, but I, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't. There's nobody that comes to mind now that would. I mean, I'm sh- I know Isaiah Thomas would like to come back, probably Larry Brown too, but I wouldn't touch either one of those guys.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think you go with Larry Brown. I don't think – college would be interesting to see them go after a, a younger coach who's had a lot of success. You've got – I'm so bad with names, but um, – What school? VCU's coach. Shaka Smart? He's obviously a player's coach. The players seem to like him. He's done well every year. I don't know. I don't – the coach – the NBA – Is not for everybody it's completely different so I don't know just a thought all right we can do uh, the video game GM which is essentially where we can make deals for any team um, without considering players feelings fan bases anything like that this is just a video game so what are some of the best moves that any team could make without any consideration uh, I think that you've got to try to get rid of Wade in Miami. I Miami fans would be furious. I don't think Wade would be happy with that. But he's aging. He's only going downhill from here. He's number two on the team. I think right now you're going to get the most for him than you ever will be able to for the rest of his career. What would you trade him for?
1: Mm. That's the I, – I think the same thing, that he would be the one you would trade out of that group. <laughs> But I don't know who was trading for him. I was trying to think about that. And I haven't come up with <laughs> what what franchise needs needs a two guard? I mean, the Bobcats would trade for him, but they don't have anything to give up.
2: Cuba Walker. <laughs> the Wizards you trade Bradley Bill.
1: The Wizards could trade Beale and a big man. Maybe the number three pick for him. That would be an interesting. Beal and the nay. Beal and the nay and the number three pick.
0: Houston's a team that's always looking to make deals. Um, So if he went to Houston, I, I don't think he'd get Harden for him. No. Um,
1: Dallas would probably trade for him, but they don't have much.
2: Dallas and everything anything to offer.
0: No. I don't. That that's the thing is you would I guess just put him on the trading block and see who offers you what but
1: Golden State Golden State maybe you could offer Barnes and pieces but I
0: don't know I don't know who's trading for him that's the problem But yeah I I think if you're Miami he's he's the piece you want to get rid of You can't get rid of Bosch No Bosch is great <laughs> I'm not saying that
1: Bosh is this great player, but he fits their system perfectly. And there's nobody – if you trade him away, then you'd have to change their offensive system. Anytime you can
2: keep somebody, you've got to keep somebody that comes up with zero points in a game seven. That's that's always critical.
0: I think Bosh is so underrated. Well, so you
2: would trade Bosh. It depends on who it was for. I actually – What do you think
1: you could get for him? Because that's the – Trading for Omar or Sheik. If you, if you could convince LeBron to play power forward full-time, then you, maybe you would have something. You don't want LeBron
2: playing power forward full-time. It's too
1: much wear and tear on his body. Well, that's that's why I don't think you can trade Bosh, because he's the one big man that can play defense like they want him to on one end and still hit a eighteen foot jump shot on the other end. I think you gotta work with him on keeping him motivated and aggressive in games offensively. And not let him just get settle for the jump shot over and over. Make him post up more, get him to be more
0: aggressive, and I think he'd be fine. People like to bring up the zero points in game seven, but they won, so They won a championship. Also, Bosch only took five shots. He hardly touched the ball, and he missed all five. But (laughs) he did miss all five. He did miss all five. But it's not like he was throwing up crazy shots. And I don't know. I just I think he made good decisions. I don't think he did win Game Six for him, so we'll give him credit for that. He did. He played good defense on Duncan that last game.
2: Well, he is wildly underrated on defense. Yes, I think
1: I think that's the thing that people don't know this as much, is that their jump style of defense where they play hard on the pick and roll and they're running around all over the place, you need a really athletic 4-5 to do that, and he fits that really well.
2: So what about Atlanta? Would you sign Chris Paul and Dwight Howard?
0: If they wanted to do that, I would sign them. Yeah, I don't think you say no to those two. What do
1: you do with Josh Smith? I, I would hope to be able to sign and trade him. To who? Who takes Josh Smith? <laughs> well, <laughs> there was the rumor that Boston is interested in him. But I don't know what you get back from Boston unless you feel like you could get either Garnett or Pierce and flip them to
0: somebody else for other what pieces. about Jeff
2: Green? Would you trade him for Jeff Green? I
0: that think it... At this point, I would trade Smith for almost anything. I think he's like he's leaving the Hawks anyway, I'm pretty sure. I feel like
1: you got to see, one, make sure you're not getting Howard or, or Howard and Paul. And once you know that, then you get, it opens up more options to bring somebody back into that cap space and not feel like you're ruining your chances with one of the big
0: free agents. Because if you're the Hawks, you keep Horford. That's, I think, priority number one is that's who you build around. So bringing in Howard so that Horford can finally play his natural position at power forward. You bring in Paul, which it's not that Jeff Teague's a bad point guard. It's just he's not Chris Paul. So I I think if you're the Hawks, I think you ob- you absolutely make this deal. And I just think you just get rid of Josh Smith for whatever you can. I don't think his stock's very high right now. And I don't think a lot of teams would will be willing to trade.
1: If Howard re-signs with the Lakers, or does the sign-and-trade with the Clippers, I would try to trade, sign-and-trade Josh Smith to Houston and get back a Sheik and maybe another piece.
2: Yeah, I don't think Houston would do that.
1: I'm not sure if they would or not. I would give it a shot, though, because that would be a Sheik at center. You can move forward to power forward. That would be interesting. Jeff Green from Boston would be
0: an interesting... Whatever happened to the talks with Milwaukee? They were talking about sending Monte Ellis. Unfortunately,
1: the Hawks didn't do that because I would hate to have to watch Monte Ellis every game. (laughs) He's available. The Hawks are going to have to sign somebody. The Hawks are going nowhere fast.
0: They're going nowhere fast. I, I feel like, unfortunately, they maybe put a little too much stock in... The Chris Paul, which obviously didn't work out.
1: The the one thing they could possibly do, at least for this year, and if they think they can roll cap room over, is there's two or three teams that they're just trying to get rid of guys on expiring contracts, just so they'll have money to go after guys. So Dallas is doing wants to get rid of uh, Sean Marion. It might be willing to package their pick in this year's draft with him just so that they don't have him on the cap anymore. If they were willing to do a couple of deals like that, that's how Seattle got set up, well now Oklahoma City got set up with Durant and Westbrook and Harden because they kept
0: taking first round picks just to take guys into their cap room. Does that help now though? I mean with this year's draft because I don't. it's a bad draft. There's no Durant's, there's no Harden's, there's no Westbrook's this year not they, they they don't appear to have any of those
1: right I don't think there are either there's a bunch of role players but that's uh maybe you're just bad this year and hope you get lucky with the franchise guy next year and you've got a bunch of role players.
0: The, the problem with the Hawks is they're in this weird NBA limbo where they're good enough to not have a lottery pick but not good enough to be a serious contender. So they get these 12 to 16 picks, and there's just nobody for them. And they haven't drafted well in the past anyway, even when they got lottery picks.
1: I don't think that's going to be the problem next year. Either they're going to be able to bring good players in and they're going to be better, or they're going to be really bad and be one of the six or seven worst teams in the league. Most teams in the NBA, you really don't have
2: that many contenders if you think about it. You've got the Heat. You have the Pacers.
1: The Bulls if Derrick Rose decides to play. Um. The Spurs. <laughs> the Spurs, Oklahoma
2: City. You, have Do you to put consider Oklahoma City, but they're... the Heat would blow right past Oklahoma City again, I think. Do you put the Warriors in that category? No, they they have some interesting payroll things coming up. I will have to see what happens after the end of this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I don't know that's a good question. I'm not sure how I feel about the Warriors.
1: I don't I think they're a step below. They they could get hot or and they could possibly take advantage of injuries to another team next year to make it to the finals, but I don't see them getting that far. The, I would love their team though. The,
2: the way I look at it, there's only two types of teams that are, that could even contend with Miami. Everybody else is going to get blown away. Are or, or is a team like the Spurs that's very disciplined and has a great system and also has a couple of, of big men and can execute very well on the offensive end to keep pace with Miami, or a big team like the Pacers that are just way more physical. Anybody else, like you saw in last year's finals, Heat are just going to run them off the floor. I think they run. Mm-hmm. I think they sweep Golden State. Mm-hmm. as four or five quick.
1: Yeah, I don't think Golden State has the defensive players to handle the Heat.
2: Unless Bogut, if Bogut stays healthy for a whole year, Bogut's
1: Bogut's good, and that's your center. But you still, I think, what you saw from the Spurs and from the Pacers is you still need an athletic wing to guard LeBron. For the most part, either Leonard or Paul George or somebody to to still stay in front of him as much as possible
0: with the rim protector behind me. The interesting thing about the West is there's not as much of a steep decline as it is in the East. Mm-hmm. The East, you've got obviously Heat, Bulls, whoever else up there, and then it just drops off. The West, you've got Oklahoma City, who healthy I think is the best team, Spurs, and then you've got that decline of like the Clippers were good, Mm -hmm. Um, They put up one of the best records. Warriors, Memphis, I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals. Are they there if Oklahoma City's healthy? Maybe not, but truth is they were. So it's an interesting conference. You've got Houston, who is getting better. They've got pieces, and they're always willing to play ball every year.
2: Houston could get a lot better if they get one of the big free agents.
0: If they get
1: Howard... If they know they're bringing in Howard, do you think at that point they would be willing to trade for Josh Smith in a sudden trade, send the Sheik away? Because I don't, I don't see Howard and the Sheik playing together. I think a Sheik would be traded. I don't know what they would trade him for.
2: That, that, I could see them doing that. That'd be a pretty, that'd be a pretty dynamic team. With, you'd have Lynn, Harden, Parsons, uh, Parsons.
1: Howard and Josh Smith, and they run. That would be a fun team to watch. If you're
0: Dwight Howard, where do you go? I would go to Houston.
2: Yeah, I would. I would go to Houston.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I, I hate to say that I would leave the Lakers, because it's just such an incredible franchise. You're playing with the best player of all time, in my opinion. I don't know. I, yes, what? yeah, Kobe's the best. I wow. he's not, but that's okay. <laughs> we can we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, I mean, there's the whole thing with just simple things like there's no is it property tax in Houston uh, or in Texas? No state income no tax state income. in Texas, so he can make so much more money.
1: Right, that offsets the the yearly values that the Lakers could give him more than Houston because of the state income tax not to mention the cost of living in Houston is a lot less than LA
2: yeah if I'm Howard I'm going to Houston you, you mm-hmm. got a good excuse because the up and coming team Kobe's tour his Achilles no matter what you think of him it's not, and he's old mm-hmm. and Ron Artest just opted in for next year <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who? <laughs> Metaworld peace. Meta, oh, Meta Meta peace. peace. Oh, Metaworld peace. Yeah. Formerly known. That's the other AKA, thing.
2: The, the Lakers are looking like a terrible team. I'd, I'd, I'd run to Houston. I'd go straight to
1: Houston. As a, what do we call it? Video game GM. If I'm the Lakers, this would never happen in real life. But you would amnesty Kobe. Yeah. And save thirty million in cap. It would be. Because he's even if he plays next year, he comes back halfway through the year at best. They may not make the playoffs, anyways.
2: Well, that would be the move, and then you have room to sign Chris Paul and Dwight Howard.
1: Well, they they would still be, I think, capped out for this still? year. I don't think they could. They would still because they're already over the cap. But they could re-sign one if they if they were able, they could trade Gasol to somebody.
0: Somebody would take Powell. Houston has always been interested in Gasol for some reason. I don't know why. But it seems like every year that Gasol is in trade talks or anything like that, Houston's name always comes up in wanting him.
2: It's because Gasol's been playing out of position
1: with the Lakers. Yeah. He needs to be in the post. He's still a very good post player. I would trade Josh Smith for him if I were the Hawks.
0: Yeah, I absolutely would. So then do you put him at center and put Horford at the power forward?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Horford's not much of a post-game guy. No. He's a really efficient player, but he's not somebody that you can just throw the ball into the post and expect to score. That would be really intriguing, I think, to watch the Hawks with that duo up front. We still have to find some wing players. but.
0: Kyle <laughs> Corver. I right, like Corver. I mean, Corver is a good piece. I don't know what else he is. Other, than, I mean, he's not going to take over games. He's not going to win anything for you, but he's not necessarily going to lose games.
1: No, but if you've got somebody like Gasol drawing double teams, he can. he's going to hit that open three. He plays a good enough team defense. You
0: can get away with him out there. I wish that the Hawks could find certain pieces like a Kawhi Leonard or a Danny Green, somebody that's just lockdown defender, spot-up three-point shooter. And I think that if you can, obviously, video game GM, get Josh Smith to finally post up and get him to play power forward, I think that would help a lot because I think he would draw double teams in the post.
1: He's got good post moves. He just falls in love with the outside jumper. Yeah, if he this year, this was his chance, if he would have decided to be just a post guy, he could have gone 20 and 10 this year. And then I would have wanted to reside him. But <laughs> when he's in a contract year and he still shoots long two point shots, I'm just, he's I don't think he's ever going to change. No. He's, he's still a really good player, but I think it's kind of, he can't be your best player. If he's your best player, you're in trouble.
0: The the Hawks are dangerously close to another situation with Joe Johnson where they have a good number two as their overpaid number one. And that's – hopefully they've learned a lesson and they won't do that with Josh Smith. But I don't know. I don't trust them. Anything else? That's all I've got on the list. Is there anything else you guys want to throw out there? Let's throw out Tony
2: Parker's weight this year.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: it's got to be a clip?
1: French thing. I still haven't seen the clip. But you can, like, he doesn't look skinny as you see some of the other guys. He he's <clears throat> There was a clip. He was leaving one of the
2: playoff games, and he pulled up his jersey, and you could see that he was clearly carrying an extra 20 pounds. And so I, I blame the Spurs. This is backtracking a little bit. I blame the Spurs' loss on Tony Parker. He's carrying extra weight. Then he hurts his hamstring, probably because he's carrying extra weight. And then go back and look. If you look at his minutes, they're talking about him being a superstar. You look at Tony Parker's minutes in the playoffs compared to any of the all-time greats. Bird, mm-hmm. LeBron, Jordan. You can pretty much pick anybody. All of those guys average 40, 40 to forty-two point, forty to 42 minutes per game. Parker averages 34. Four, 33, 34 <laughs> minutes per game. I didn't realize it was that low. No. He's played, in, and it's been consistent every year. He plays 10 minutes less a game
1: than all these other that's, guys. Duncan. Duncan averaged. Duncan played more minutes than he did in the finals. That's, if that's the case, that he's really just playing 33 minutes a game in the finals, that's what lost them the series because their backup point guard is Ginobili, and he was really bad. If you could have cut six minutes off of that time that Ginobili was in a the game,
0: they might have won five of the seven games. Even if you just put Parker in at the end of game seven, when Ginobili's making jump passes that LeBron <laughs> catches, and he's dribbling out of bounds, and he's taking seven steps, <laughs> and he's passing the ball into the stands. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that that was the cause. ESPN has Tony Parker listed as six two, one eighty five, 185, which... He's maybe six two two eighty five. See
1: what see what Boris Diaw is listed Boris, at. Right. We'll look up because that thing like those weights are like maybe when they came into the league.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much they they update the weight. Um, Boris Diaw is listed at six eight two thirty five.
1: Yeah. There's no way he only weighs 235 pounds. That might need to be
0: 335. Boris Diaw is looking more and more like Antoine Walker every day. <laughs> like he's, Eventually, he's just going to stand in the corner and demand the ball. He kept up with LeBron pretty good, though, when he had to guard him. All he, all he did was go.
1: He would just go straight down to the block and wait for LeBron to come <laughs> to him. He wouldn't.
2: He just collapsed. or so Call that good defense as a stretch. He just he just played way way off.
1: I he think. he played a no layups defense on LeBron. They just said, "We're not letting you get to the basket. Shoot as many jump shots as you want." And LeBron beat him with that in Game Seven.
0: He didn't really beat him with that in any of the other games. I think that's how you let LeBron beat you, is you give him the jump shot, cause. Obviously, he's deadly within two feet of the rim, or he's going to go to the foul line like he did against Indiana. So to to dare him to shoot the jump shot is really the only way you can play defense on him. And it worked in some games, obviously didn't work in others.
1: I think the, o- the only other way I think I would be tempted to do it is if your guys guarding him, you don't need them offensively, and you can shuttle in three or four, and you just foul him every time he drives. You don't let him get the layup and keep sending him to the line. I think eventually
0: he would get tired of getting fouled. He would get tired of getting fouled, but it's not like he's a bad free throw shooter. He was what 15 for 17 against Indiana or 16 for 17. In yeah, that I, mean, game he, seven. I
2: don't think he missed. Yeah, I don't think he missed a free throw in Game Seven.
0: Yeah, that that uh, would be the only especially thing. Especially
2: once he gets in a rhythm, that would be my fear. You foul him too many times in a row, he gets a rhythm in the jump shot, then he's hitting threes again.
0: True. Can LeBron get better? Because I think he has almost like clockwork, gotten better every improved. single he's year. He's
1: going to. I think he's just going to continue to improve his shooting. There's a big difference between he and Wade. Wade
2: has never gotten a three-point shot. Wade's shot has not gotten better and better, and LeBron shot 40% from threes for the last year. Yeah. The sky's the, the, sky's the limit. The better he shoots, when, he, when, he's, when his jumper is on – he will not lose.
1: Yeah, the Period. only the only thing you could do is hopefully hope that you have somebody athletic enough to keep
0: him from getting the ball.
1: Because right, he just, would be
0: unstoppable once he got it. You just play total ball denial on him. You just yeah. you tell one guy, don't help, don't ever peel off of LeBron. You just stay. Which is hard when he's the point guard too. Right.
1: right. You you'd have to pick him up full court because otherwise it just pick. Bring the ball down to court if you wanted to. Back to the to weight issues. I have heard some people think that weight doesn't work that hard in the offseason. That's part of why his body's breaking down. It is that he's not in the elite physical condition that like a LeBron is. Has anybody else heard the same thing? Or does it look like that to you? He doesn't look like it. But that just may
2: be – that's just how his body naturally is. I would say it's obvious he doesn't work as hard because his shot would have gotten better. You He'd be that good of an athlete and do some of the things he does and not get better at shooting if you've been working at
0: it. I feel like he's done the minimal every offseason, just enough to to keep it where it is. Because it's not like he's put on 30 pounds since college. He's always had size. I was just curious because he – came out this week
1: with his own off-season workout app that you can download to your phone so that you can
0: do basketball drills
1: and get in shape with his off-season plan.
0: Now, my question would be, did LeBron work too hard? Because he's somebody who he sort of semi-bragged about biking to games and running around, and then after game six, they had to help him out of the chair. Like, did he go too far with his conditioning this season to where he burned himself out.
1: I think he probably did. I do, too. I I would tell him to quit biking the games, number one. Number two, if I was spoilt-struck managing that team, especially with Wade, also with LeBron, is I would do what the Spurs did this year. There would be some games where you're just taking it off. The fourth game of five nights, Wade and James aren't playing and the NBA can deal with it.
2: They've got to do a better job of managing, managing his minutes in the regular season.
1: I think that 27-game win streak was bad for them because I know Wade's knee was bothering the last few games of that, and he kept playing anyways because they were trying to keep the win streak going. If They would have been better off just
0: forgetting trying to win all those games in a row. And resting guys, they they should have done that against Chicago because they played a very physical game against Chicago during that streak. And that that's dangerous is when you're already that many games up, when you're going to be, contending for a championship and you, risk it all for, a historical record that really doesn't mean anything. Um, it's nice to have. It's cool for the fans, but it doesn't give you, any wins in the postseason.
1: Yeah, it doesn't give you a postseason advantage. And I think that's the one thing Popovich does better than any other coach is he makes sure that his guys are ready for the postseason and they're in a good place to succeed when the
0: when the series starts. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, if anybody did. Um, you can follow John on Twitter at Batusic, B-A-T-U-S-I-C, really creative name. Um, and David at Croat Dutter. That's exactly how it sounds. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, at I am underscore Owens. My name is Nathan Owens. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time.